What's up to all my freelancers and creatives? This is Nathan with another episode of Freelance Jumpstart TV. And in this episode, we're gonna get into public speaking. For the last couple episodes of Freelance Jumpstart TV, we did things a little different. Uh, I went on a road trip to New Orleans, Louisiana because I spoke at a conference. That conference was WordCamp New Orleans and it was a great time for me to talk and connect with other creatives and freelancers and you know, just developers and bloggers, different people working in their respective fields and just talk about pricing. The last three episodes cover what I talked about while I was down there. So you can check out the last three episodes before this one, that would be episode 45, 46. And 47 is my keynote talk at this conference called The Price Is Wrong. I was just sharing my pricing journey and how I came about charging what I charge today and some lessons that I learned. I've been hearing from different people online and they said that talk was very impactful and they learned a lot from it and it really just empowered them. So I wanted to give a little background as to how did I even end up getting that speaking opportunity? To lead things off, I'll say this. Everyone should try to do some type of public speaking in their business. It'll help you and it'll challenge you, but it'll also help you grow. It's not about being a conference speaker and traveling different places and say, look at me, I'm speaking. It's not really about that. It's about learning how to effectively communicate and get your point across. That skill can be grown and cultivated in something that you can use in your business when you're working with clients. You always need to be able to learn how to communicate your ideas effectively. Even though I had this opportunity and it was great, I was a little nervous, I was a little shaken at times, but there are certain things that I went through along the way that made it a lot easier. So I wanted to give you some tips on what you can do to not only get a public speaking opportunity, but if you have one, some certain protocol that I went through that helped me have a great talk. This first point doesn't really seem like a normal point, but the first step I will say is to get rejected. And you heard me right, get rejected. What I mean by that is I tried many times to be a public speaker and apply to speak at different creative conferences, but I got rejected a number of times. The first time I tried, second time, third time, fourth time, I was told no. You need to get used to putting your ideas out there and hearing no. Yes, there are those times in which individuals come to you and say, I like what you're doing. Are you willing to speak at my conference? But those opportunities are rare. Most of the time, speakers are applying to speak at different conferences and then they choose based upon your background and you know what you're presenting or planning to present. So really put yourself out there, look at a couple of conferences that maybe you've been to or you would aspire to go to and take a chance and say, I'm willing to speak at your conference about this particular subject and just see what they say. You may get rejected, but like what happened with me, I got rejected a number of times until somebody said yes. The second point I wanna make about what I learned in public speaking is just simply take the time to start creating now. Don't wait on anybody, just start creating, start writing, start blogging, start putting up your work on some type of public forum, start doing that today. The reason I'm saying you need to start creating in a public forum today 
is because I believe that when I applied to be a speaker in the past and they went back and did some research on me, all they found was my portfolio. They just saw the work I did as a web designer. That didn't really speak to if I had the ability to communicate, if I was exciting, if I was able to get a following. You can't really tell that just from looking at pictures of my work. I very strongly believe that all the content that I've been putting out over the last year helped build my case to be thought of as a speaker. You know, I've been blogging on a weekly basis. I've been doing this podcast on a weekly basis and been making videos on a weekly basis. So now, currently, when I apply to be a speaker, my case is strengthened because people look back and then they say, wow, this guy is generating content. I can read his thoughts and ideas. I can watch a video and see if he's an effective communicator. I think I may want to have him at my conference. You can do the same thing, so start creating today. If you're preparing to speak at a conference, another thing to think about is, first, start to meditate and think on what is the main idea you want to talk about. So in other words, when you give your talk, what is the main takeaway or what is the main goal that you want people to leave with? I would say write that down because that's your starting thought. After that, you can start writing out an outline of the points that you want to cover. You know, this may require you doing some research. This may require you looking around, reading other blogs, or just thinking about what you did in your business. But you want to start outlining how you want the talk to go. One thing that greatly helped me in this process was, as I mentioned in my last point, I was creating on a weekly basis. So I already had a vault of things that I can go back to and take from. I had so many stories I can pull from and topics I can pull from that I've already spoken on. So it was that much more easier to outline and put together my talk because I had already discussed these things in one way or another. You can do the same thing. So start again, start creating today. Once you have somewhat of an outline, start thinking about stories you want to tell and examples you want to give and things you want to reference. But really at this point, I started practicing. I had an outline of what I wanted to cover, but I honestly started practicing. I started um, walking around my room, looking in the mirror, speaking to myself, thinking about what do I need to do with this talk? I even watched other people's talks at various conferences so I can observe different people's styles and how they went about it. But at this point, I started practicing and I started practicing a lot. I was going to keep this a secret, but I'll go ahead and let you know what my secret weapon was in preparing for my talk. So I had the outline, I was practicing, I was rehearsing, but I also was reading this. If you can see it, this is a book called Confessions of a Public speaker. This is a great book. I love this book. It's by Scott Birkin, Confessions of a Public Speaker. See it? It is a great book. And I love this book so much because it really just talks about the different aspects of public speaking that you really don't think about. Everything from if you want to price your talk to how to control the audience, how do you deal with hecklers, what happens if you're up there talking and you happen to forget a line. Really, it really brings all of that home. So I'd recommend anybody who's thinking about it, or even if you're not thinking about being a speaker and you want to just improve your communication skills in a public setting, check out that book. As I was rehearsing my talk and reading the book, um, I began putting together my slides. I used, you know, Apple Keynote because it's straightforward and it's simple. And I'll say this, the goal of creating slides is to complement your talk. Slides are not supposed to be 
your talk in general. You know, you're not supposed to use slides and put a whole bunch of information on them and then depend upon reading the slides and looking at the slides. Nobody wants to watch you read. They can do that, you know, any other time. They can read for themselves. They don't need you to read what's on the slide. The slide is just supposed to accentuate or complement what you're saying. If you're making a valid point, then maybe you have a picture up there that talks about it. If you're discussing a case study, maybe you have screenshots of something that you did, or if you're telling a story or referencing a movie, maybe you put up a picture from that movie. The slides are supposed to complement those topics that you're covering. As I put together my slides, I was getting to a point where I felt pretty confident that I was almost done. So from there, um, again, I started rehearsing and I had a time limit, right? My time limit was about 30 minutes, but that included the talk and the Q&A. So I knew I had 20 to 25 minutes to talk and then the rest was answering questions. So as the book I read recommended, you know, I definitely had a clicker to change the slides that had a timer on it. So I knew how much time I had and that was a great help to me because when I actually was delivering the talk, there was no clock anywhere. And I didn't wanna keep looking at my wrist or looking at my phone and just, you know, distract some people doing that. So I had the timer in my hand, I knew exactly how much time I had and I just kept rehearsing. And if anything I was saying went over the time limit, I had to think about something to shorten or cut out. One tip about doing slides is when you get to a point to where you're comfortable or you're almost done, uh, make sure you export those slides in every format imaginable. So I made my talk in Apple Keynote. I exported it as a Keynote file. I exported it as a PowerPoint file. I exported it as a PDF. I exported it as images. I took the saved talk uploaded it to Google Drive so that it can be on Google Slides. I uploaded it to Dropbox and I put all those different types of files on a USB. The reason I did all of that is you really don't have control over what happens when you're at the venue. Maybe they'll let you use your laptop. If so, that's a great thing. If not, then you just don't want to be caught off guard. You know, you don't want to just upload it to a place. What if they don't have the internet? You don't want to be stuck. What if the USB didn't work? So I just wanted to have, you know, different things in place and backups upon backups to make sure that I had my slides. You want to use those slides to appeal to the visual learners, but also as a key to remind you what you rehearsed as you're talking. One of the biggest points I learned in this entire process is storytelling is vital. You don't want to get up there and just spit out facts. You want to get up there and tell a story that people can remember and it's engaging. And the cool thing about telling your story is you don't have to worry about fact checking or people in the audience, you know, thinking about, okay, what if I say something wrong about this fact? What if they think I'm stupid? You don't have to have those thoughts because if you're sharing your own personal story, you're the subject matter expert on yourself. So you can share a story from your life, from your business, and people can relate to it. So take the time to tell a story and definitely make it personal because it's just easier and more free flowing. You don't have to worry about all the details. The story can be personal or perhaps it's a different story that you've had. Regardless, it needs to tie in to the main goal that you had for your talk. I learned many things in this whole process of public speaking, but the one thing that I will say that is absolutely critical is treat every opportunity like it's major. Simply put, don't discriminate. If you have the opportunity to speak at a meetup in front of 50 people, then take the time to prepare and take it seriously. If you have the opportunity to speak in 500 people, 
take this seriously and prepare accordingly. If you're speaking to 5,000 people, take the time to prepare and take it seriously. And what I mean by that is just simply always take every opportunity like it's major. That way you will always go through the same routine and you will always give your audience your best. It's not about the number of people you are speaking to, but the types of people that are in the audience. You never know who's among those 20, those 50, those 500, those 5,000. You don't know who's among the audience. So always give your best effort that you can when you are speaking. Regardless of the audience size, they'll appreciate it and they'll take notice whether or not you're giving your best effort. Thank you for taking the time to check out this episode. I greatly appreciate it. If you like anything I said in this talk, give this video a thumbs up. If you are listening on the podcast, uh, leave me a review. It would be nice to have a favorable review. Uh, you know, you can find me on iTunes to leave that review. I greatly appreciate it. And, you know, as I've been talking about, you know, public speaking for the last couple of episodes, as I mentioned, I traveled and spoke and I just wanted to share everything I learned. If you have not listened to the talk that I gave, um, definitely go to this link here or right here and you can see the talk that I gave. And, you know, as I mentioned, people said they loved it and it was very impactful and there's just a lot of value there. And I want to make sure you as a creative get exposed to that. In order to go deeper for what I talked about on this episode, you can go right here. That's freelancejumpstart.tv slash 48 because this is episode 48 and you can get the show notes for this particular episode. Thanks again for checking this out and I will catch you in the next one. See ya.